0: I did it again! Anthony for three! All right. What's happening, everybody? Let me just adjust my camera here. I uh... forgot to set that up. What's happening? I'm your host, RJ Carbone, and you are listening to episode 405 of BD4 Where There's No Better Way. To get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. We also do MMA now too. Yanks every series, Knicks every game, MMA on occasionally on weekends. Um, I got I got to ditch that tagline because we just do MMA sporadically whenever. So, speaking of MMA though, we are doing some MMA in this episode, as you can tell by the title. We're gonna preview, oh, not preview. We're going to recap UFC two seventy nine. Just give some thoughts on. Um, some of the fights on the main card. <clears throat> um, so yeah, we're not going to waste time. Um, but real quick, before we go further, I do want to real just real briefly, all right, let you know that if you have not yet subscribed to this podcast, you can find the podcast on many platforms. BD4 is available to watch on YouTube and Spotify as well as listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many other listening platforms. Now, if you do find us on Apple Podcasts, be sure to subscribe, follow the show, Uh, give us a 5-star rating and review, because we're currently a 5-star podcast and would like to keep it that way. Alright, and you of course know where to follow me on social media. Let's talk about it. It was a good weekend, man. UFC. 279 was fun. So many good fights that I remember on this card. Um, Though the one that stood out to me honestly most wasn't even on the main card. It was the... um, Chris Barnett-Jake Collier fight. And hopefully I said his name correctly. That was awesome. Barnett ends up getting the round 2 knockout. But I mean... From the very start of this fight, man. Wow. I loved this fight. A classic heavyweight brawl. Just a straight up slugfest. Big fat sluggers. Just right out of the gate. Standing and throwing. As Derek Lewis likes to say, swang and bang. And Jake was ahead most of the fight. He looked like he was on his way to either a finish or a decision win. I mean, he was touching Chris up. Chris was hurt bad. He had like a gash right around his eye, his left eye. But in the end, there, Jake kind of lost patience. He was kind of gassed from the amount of... There's just the volume he was throwing his punches at. I guess that got to him. He ran out of gas. And Barnett, kind of the opposite. As big as he is, he's got some cardio. So he was able to wait it out. And he jumped at the right time and he got the finish in round two. How do you not like Chris Barnett? Got to tell you I n- I had never heard of the guy before this fight. Never. I'm officially a fan. The energy. The comedy that he brings. Doing his little walkout dance and his celebration. The backflip before that when he immediately won the fight. Where he lands straight on his ass. He's a ball of energy. Literally. <laughs> ball of energy. I mean the guy's five nine, two eighty, we're talking about. He actually missed weight. At heavyweight. He missed weight. But that was one of my favorite fights tonight. It was just so it was it was what you want to see when you see two heavyweights fight. So that was one of my favorites. Um, The first fight on the main card was okay. Johnny Walker. Going up against Kutalaba. You know, Walker's a guy who's been injured in the past, celebrating and stuff. Didn't stop him from doing the worm after his win. Gets the first round submission. Quick fight. Quick fight to open up the main card. Walker, uh, Johnny Walker usually does well in those shorter fights. But he was protecting himself early. Then he dropped Kutalaba to the ground. He gets his hooks in, applied the chokes, and it was really over from there. But he put on a good performance. He actually won his fourth career performance of the night. Um there were actually four performance of the nights handed out from the promotion that night but that was you know that was a good fight and of course there was a whole story afterwards Uh, I didn't read up on it too much but apparently he got kicked out of the venue I saw photos and clips of him literally wearing his attire from the octagon outside so I guess with COVID now you're in and you're out it's quick like as soon as you fight they want you out of the building so he got kicked out of the venue. Um, I didn't know they still had restrictions for COVID. Um, Dana said he didn't know. I mean, clearly Johnny Walker and his coach didn't know. But I don't know. That was interesting. That was really interesting. Um, so that happened. Uh, the uh, Irene Aldana versus uh, Macy. I'm not even going to try to pronounce her last name. Kason. Pretty cool performance there from Irene Aldana. Right? The third round. Upkick knockout. Heel kick to the liver. (laughs) A heel kick to the liver. Historic. Never seen that shit. We've seen very few upkick knockouts. In UFC history. I don't think we've seen a heel kick to the liver. Um, <clears throat> So she, I mean, she said. That she trained for that moment. Irene Aldana said that her camp. Trained her. They trained those kicks. So she was aiming for the liver. And it paid off. So even more impressive, if that wasn't just some fluke, that she trained for it and she executed it. She found a window to use it. Boom. She won performance of the night. She wants the title shot next, so she wants to go after Amanda. And listen, I mean, she's, she's, she's won 4 out of 5. Her last loss came to Holly Holm in 2020. Um, she's actually won 7 of 9 since 2018. She's good, dude. She's a very good fighter. Doesn't get the attention. But, um... I get it. I I wouldn't want to see her fight Amanda. Like, there are other matchups I'd rather see for Nunes. But, hey, what do you expect? Like, you have to have that confidence as a fighter. And that's why I've never really overreact and flip out when fighters, or even just pro athletes, like, when they... When they... When they say something that's generally... perceived as outrageous <clears throat> I don't really flip out like everybody else likes to because anybody who's ever played a sport knows that you need a little ego you need a little confidence some arrogance in order to succeed you have to have that mentality to a degree so a fighter nonetheless somebody whose job it is to do physical harm to another human being yeah, no shit they're going to call out the best so I get it, but Irene Aldana with the awesome up kick knockout. If you have not seen that, look it up. And then as you got further into the main card, some good fights as well. Um, what's his name? Lee Li Jin Liang. His fight against Rodriguez. Rodriguez won. He took it by split decision. Um, you know, these are two pretty decently rounded fighters. And credit to Lee Jing, uh, Jingliang for the last minute, you know, the whole last minute switch up there. Not backing out. Despite fighting a dude you know, 10 pounds heavier than him. I think Lee weighed in at 170. And credit to him for that. And I actually thought he won the fight, honestly. I thought Lee Jingliang won that fight. Um, I'm not going to sit here and say he was robbed. Because a close fight. In a robbery are two, two different things. Apparently, everybody on the internet, like, every time there's a close fight, they go right to that word. They use the, the term, he was robbed. There's a difference. You know, there's a difference. Robbery when it's, is like when it's obvious. When it's so blatantly obvious. And, of course, it's the internet. Nobody takes those rodents seriously. But, like, yeah, I did think he took the fight. I thought it was 29-28 at least. I thought he landed the cleaner, harder shots and it just felt like he had the advantage. But, nonetheless, you got to give him credit for stepping in there. Um, And I want to talk about the co-main and the main event, of course. That's why we're here. So, let's head to break. And uh, we'll get back in a few minutes and talk about (laughs) a whole bunch of things. (laughs) We'll be right back. Stay with us. Hey, fellas. I've noticed that only a small percentage of you who watch BD4 on YouTube are actually subscribed. So if you do enjoy this podcast and want to be alerted every time a new episode drops, consider subscribing and hitting that notification bell. This way, we can help the podcast grow, and you won't miss a single episode of BD4. Alright, so if you guys want to follow me on social media, I'm on Facebook, RJ Carbone, and I'm also on Instagram, at Rob J. Carbone. That's Facebook, RJ Carbone, and on Instagram, I'm at Rob J. Carbone. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. You are listening to episode 405 of BD4. Welcome to the podcast. Now, it's going to be a quicker episode. We're just recapping a couple of fights, giving quick thoughts on it. But you can't, I'm not going to finish the episode without talking about the meat and potatoes of the night. And uh, we'll start with the co-main event. (laughs) Jesus Christ. The co-main event. You had Hamza Chimaev going up against Kevin Holland. Hamza gets the round one submission. First off, this was probably the quickest um, heel turn you're going to see. I mean, Hamza Chimaev's been the people's guy ever since he signed with the UFC. But the whole press conference thing happened. Which, okay. Then the weigh-in fiasco happened, and that had fans turn on him. But he ran with it, and he won another fight. Right out of the gate, with the quick takedown, the fake glove touch, and boom. He has Kevin, Kevin Holland in top position. Holland you know, he's a good fighter, man. Trying to maneuver with lots of moves and different pivots from underneath to create space. But Hamzat's wrestling skill is just too advanced. And he just kept countering and, and moving and, and smothering him. Had total ground control. And Hamzat's pace is just insane. And that's a compliment, Sure. But at the same time, it's also something to keep an eye on. You know, he's finished his opponents in the first round four out of six times since coming to the UFC. So his cardio hasn't really been tested a ton yet outside of Gilbert Burns. But I'm telling you, if he runs into somebody with a gas tank, Colby Covington, he may face some adversity. And honestly, that's kind of the fight I want to see. Cosmo, uh, Hamzat take next I think everybody does I mean they're both excellent wrestlers they can both talk could you imagine that press conference but the difference Kobe has the cardio and Hamzat's super fast and super aggressive I think I gave Kobe the upper hand on those odds though, because he's got the cardio to outlast him and he's a very good wrestler himself, but all it takes is one slip up and you know, just like that, you're in another Darcy choke or whatever versus uh Hamsat. So his performance was fucking awesome though. It just happened so quick right out the gate. I don't think, I don't think Kevin Holland's going to be doing any more uh, doing any more, uh, I don't think we'll see him do any more glove touches. <laughs> just gonna say that. I think it's kind of a cheap move, but you know, you gotta be smart. I will say going forward, Kevin, uh, Hamza Tramaev, maybe you should take some shit more serious. The press conference shit, whatever. That's That's just men being men. This is the UFC. I don't care about that. That's not going to... But I'm talking about like missing... You can't be missing weight by... Eight pounds. And then proceeding... To laugh it off. Flip off the fans. And act like that's not an issue going forward. And don't give me the... Don't don't even start with the the doctor garbage. When is a doctor ever going to say... Oh yeah. Go right ahead. You're fine. Obviously... They're going to give you the conservative answer. Obviously, for liability reasons, you're never going to hear Never going to hear a doctor tell you to go right ahead. Don't worry about it. They're going to be cautious with you. Fighters ignore doctors all the fucking time. This was a case of Hamzat knowing he wasn't going to make weight. Didn't take Diaz seriously. He blames the doctor because when everybody hears the word doctor, they immediately go, oh, okay, well, the doctor says... So we just gave up. But you are the main event. You should know damn well not to to risk that. And other fighters can see it as a mockery. You know, the ones who take that shit serious. A lot of people have been talking about Hamzat over his last couple of fights as he keeps winning, getting a title shot. But how do you give him a title shot if he can't make weight as a contender? And he's off by not just one or two and a half pounds, he's off by seven and a half pounds. And remember, championship weight, you don't get that one pound leeway. It's precise. So, yeah, he's young. You know, just 12 professional fights, six in the UFC. But it does catch up to you. Every single time, it'll catch up to you. Now, that all said, right now the kid continues to win. Could you imagine if he lost? Considering all that drama beforehand, it would have been it would have been hell for him. His stock would have fallen tremendously. Jesus, or even just a decision win, not a dominant win. But he did win, and he did win in dominant fashion. And winning is all that matters. And honestly, I kind of get his side. I I kind of dig the bad guy role. You you know, for those of you who've listened to my UFC podcasts before here on the show, I've mentioned before that I love those polarizing figures. The whole "I don't give two shits" attitude—I love it. You know, this kid is is a perfect heel for the UFC. I mean, talk about riling up the American crowd. There's nothing that does it besides what he said. I kill everybody, Alu Akbar. I mean, how do you? How is that any more of a heel? I love it. I mean, you know, I you guys know if you listen to my podcasts. My you know, I love the heel. I love the bad guy. I'm a big Connor fan. I'm a big Kobe Covington fan. All right. So, listen, the kid's a fantastic fighter. He's phenomenal at it. He finishes everybody quick and easy. He has never lost. He has never he's never even been touched up in a fight other than a couple times in the Burns fight which he still won it was his only decision whenever. but he destroyed Holland man he destroyed him he made him easy work All right. All right. I just lost my spot <laughs> I, had, I had something to do I had to take care of something for my dog. The dog, the dog was barking, and I, I tell you, that dog is gonna be the death of me. That's that's for another day. I needed to take care of some things with the dog because this shit doesn't fucking thing doesn't shut the fuck up. Um, you probably heard my uh. Sisters, calling my name in the background. <laughs> fucking, because they can't do the... Fucking, I gotta do everything. I gotta do everything with his dog. Um... <laughs> Jesus Christ. Where were we? Talking about Hamza? No, yeah, he made easy work out of Kevin. And, and again, Kevin Holland's a good fighter. Holland, he did this too. That, that's impressive. Holland's the guy who has taken down Jacare. But, um... Respect to Kevin Holland for taking on this animal with no camp whatsoever for it. So maybe we see these two rematch sometime in the future again at 170. But I definitely want to see Kobe Covington take on Hamzat. And whatever happens in that fight one of those two stock is going up. Well, I guess you know. I would say, I mean, it it, it would explode more if Hamza took that. I guess if Kobe won that, it wouldn't be too shocking. Because we know Kobe's legit. Kobe's the guy who's fought with Usman and and hung around with him, despite the losses. He's probably going to get a third crack, so... So, that was the co-main. Let's talk about the main event. Real quick, when I had to break, when we get back, we'll talk about the main event. Stay with us. So, BD4 is on so many different platforms now. You can listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and plenty other listening platforms. You can also watch the podcast on YouTube and Spotify if you do listen to us on Apple Podcasts, be sure to give us a 5-star rating and review as we are currently a 5-star podcast and would love to keep it that way. And if you watch the podcast on YouTube, make sure you subscribe to the BD4 YouTube channel. Download, listen, watch, share it, do all of that stuff to help us grow. Studio 69 Productions is a podcast production agency created by Leo Rodriguez to allow content creators to market their podcast. It's an online platform that will market your podcast or any other project that you're working on. Get in touch with Leo Rodriguez from Studio 69 Productions. You can find Studio 69 Productions on Instagram at Studio69NJ studio 69 productions where dreams are heard and born all right welcome back to the show i'm your host rj carbone and you are listening to episode 405 of bd4 thanks for tuning in and listening to the podcast or maybe you're watching the podcast on youtube or spotify the main event. <laughs> um, yeah, Nate Diaz. Going up against Tony Ferguson now for the main event. Nate Diaz obviously gets the round four submission. But this was another exciting fight. It wasn't the greatest fight. right? In terms of being extremely technical. It was a bit sloppy. Not the fastest fight. But it was exciting still. It was fun. Given who was fighting. You got two older guys past their prime. Coming off losses. Yeah. But they're both known for one thing. Being tougher than anybody. They're tough as nails. And having these steel chins. Especially Nate. But every time I think of Tony. I think of the first time I saw him fight live. It was um against Bar- uh, Benil Daryush. Where he had him in that submission. And Tony refused to tap. So these are two tough motherfuckers. So I expected... It was a perfect matchup. So I expected this one, two tough as nails motherfuckers, to go five. We almost got to the fifth, but it ended up being a fourth rounder. And Nate comes out victorious. But it was good. You know, Tony controlling things out the gate. But Nate started to push back, using his bo- his bo- his boxing very effectively, forcing Tony to reset. Tony was using some leg kicks in there, you know, chipping away at Nate, throwing some elbows even. He got a bit reckless. He was turning some of his off balance punches into elbows, um, but he started doing that a bit too often, and so once Nate started coming in hot with pressure, and making those reads off the elbows that's when tony ferguson lost a bit of ground started taking some damage his shin opened up things he usually does well we're not executing here he also looked a little bit slower but you know much of us much of the fight was very fun and of course, I think some way in the sometime in the third round, middle of the third round, I believe it was. Nate came out with the antics, of course, because that's what he does. Walking around the edge of the octagon, leaning up, leaning up against the cage, just chilling, pointing at Dana, talking shit. Dude was fatigued. You could clearly see he was fatigued. Um just resting on his knees like Hunched over, but it was still hilarious. And there's nothing wrong with that. He's older, and he's exerting a ton of energy, but just, just fucking around out there. Tony does a quick lie down, and gets back up. Mark Goddard's like, "Come on, let's go." Everyone's like, "What the hell's going on?" It was hilarious. I was cracking the fuck up. But then eventually, in round four, Nate gets him with the guillotine. He gets him on the ground, and he gets Tony with the guillotine. Tony actually tapped. Crazy how we tap from that. But you go back to the Daryush fight. I believe it was Daryush. And the dude refused. But that's what I'm saying. He get, he's getting older. He's getting older. Okay? But I think the most shocking part of this... Is that Nate Diaz came out of this clean-looking. No blood on his face whatsoever. That's different. <laughs> but good win for Nate. He's now, I think, Bisping said... I was listening to his uh, show on YouTube. We're watching. He said he's third now, third all time in UFC with submissions. So. But I mean, what a perfect way to end this man's career if that's it. If that's it for Nate Diaz, there's no better way to uh, exit the UFC. I almost said my tagline there. I know he says he's got to take time off and and come back and win a title. That's, you know, Nate being Nate. But he also hinted at the idea of him, you know, leaving the UFC for a bit to go fight this YouTube fuck, you know, that I won't even mention his name because I don't like giving him attention. Um, Maybe we see Connor. the trilogy. Maybe he fights Connor, but it's in boxing. I don't know. I do know he has his own promotion now. So maybe he goes that route. Focuses on that for a bit. And then maybe he comes back and resigns. Like he said. Eventually. Which I wouldn't be shocked. But there is respect towards the UFC. Towards Dana, Hunter, Lorenzo. At the end. Because they've had a rocky relationship. Some ups and downs. But I think it's just the perfect way. For Nate Diaz to hang it up though. I mean he looked happy. He looked very happy, he was in a good spirit after the fight. The respect that he and both both he and Tony showed after. He was smiling in his interview with Rogan at the presser, laughing, mocking Hamzat, calling him a lame pussy. <laughs> that was the, the most awesome shot in the world. His interview with Sanko was great with Olivia. I was I was watching all that shit. The crowd was just roaring for him. So I think it was it was impeccable. It was flawless. That this is it, this has got to be the one. It was also my first time seeing a Nate Diaz win, I believe. But I wanted so badly. I did, I'm not going to lie. I wanted badly to see him walk to the center of the octagon there at the end, put down his gloves, and call it a career. Could you imagine? Imagine the crowd then. Jesus Christ. I mean, even like, even macho Joe Rogan would have even cried on the spot there. <laughs> but at the same time, I hate when people think they can tell others when to retire. Unless, of course, it's it's, it's Aaron Hicks. I get that. But like, no, it, it, it's his decision, man. Let him do what the fuck he wants. Stop trying to, to, pick, to, to, to pick his career path. And then what's next for Tony? You know, he's coming off, uh, I think that's five losses in a row now. He says he's not done too, But on low, what do you do next? This was the perfect matchup for Tony Ferguson to kind of get back on track and finish strong. But even here, he couldn't get it done. He's definitely not going to cut. I could say that. He's too big and, and beloved for that in the UFC. But where do you go with him if he doesn't retire? And if he can't beat Nate Diaz, an older version of Nate Diaz, who do you give him? Yeah, maybe you got to give him one of those journeymen. I don't know. You do have to admire the confidence and the dude never talks like a guy who lost five in a row. He's happy. He's always positive and and good spirits as well. And listening to his press conference, he was just, he's, he's just happy to be here. He was, he literally, you know, he had a reporter ask him, he's like, are And I think his response was like, I don't know. I'm paraphrasing, but it was like, are you glad that fighting is back or something like that? He's just, he's, he's such a positive dude. And you know, You hate seeing him lose so much, because this is a legend. And he's also fought some incredible legends, so, you know, there's a difference between losing to nobodies and losing to Geishi, Daryush, and the talent he's lost to recently. But, I don't know, I just feel like at some point, losing is losing, and the MMA gods, you know, whether he's fought legends or not, may be hinting something to him here. I just have so much respect for him, though. He's fearless. He is fucking fearless. This is the dude, same guy who just got knocked unfreaking conscious by Chandler. And he came back so quickly. I was surprised to see him fight. Right? There's that famous meme of him looking like a New York hobo getting kicked by Chandler in the face. Didn't matter. He comes back so quick, takes a new opponent 24 hours before his original fight. He's not afraid of anybody or anything. But yeah, man, that's it. How awesome is this sport, man? Seriously. The greatest promotion in the world. I mean, think about it. An already very highly anticipated card has some last-second drama that could have easily been negative drama and destroyed all the hype. The card falls apart, yet somehow the new card that was drawn up ends up being better than what it probably was going to be initially. It's a, It actually ended up being one of my favorite cards ever since becoming real into UFC. It's hard to see this card being my favorite, my top favorite, because the very first few pay-per-view events that I saw were the ones when the UFC was coming Right back from the COVID lockdown, and they were just allowing fans back into the seats. So the crowd had a little extra juice then. Some of those cars were like Thug Rose, Izzy Adesanya, right? Those were electrifying events because it was fresh off lockdown. But you take some of those away, this might be up there. This might be top five, maybe top four, three. This was not far. I, and I'm just very glad that I was able to witness this gonna head to one more real brief break come back and we'll finish it up with the question of the day and the parlay we'll talk about rj's parlay (laughs) because we had one be right back stay with us All right, welcome back to the show. You're listening to episode 405 of BD4. I'm your host RJ. Let's get to wanna wanna start off with uh let's let's talk about our parlay real quick. Let's get to RJ's parlay and after that we'll talk about the uh, NYY NYK MMA question of the day. Let's get to RJ's parlay from Saturday night. Welcome back to RJ's Parlay. I'm your... Uh... Welcome to RJ's Parlay. I almost forgot the tagline for that. Welcome to RJ's Parlay. Where my degenerate self breaks down tonight's big parlay. If I miss, it's not surprising. If I hit, I'll probably lose it all the next night. Because that's how this works. Welcome. Welcome. To RJ's parlay. Now, this parlay was from Saturday, so it's an old one. It was from the pay per view vet from UFC 279. And I had a four pick parlay for plus 916 odds. Gosh. I had Aldana, money line. That happened. It worked. Put a check there. Nate Diaz, money line. Put a check there. I had Hamzat Jemaev money line, put a check there. And the one, it's always one too, it's always one that does not hit, was the Lee Rodriguez fight where I had Lee taking the money line. And, of course, he probably should have won that. So I could be I could be counting my bucks right now. Plus 916, guys. I'm not going to tell you how much I put down. But plus 916 gives you a decent amount. All right. Let's just say I'd be buying a few steak dinners. So I did put down something worthy. I mean, shit. 9-16. I was so frustrated that Rodriguez won. I I didn't know at the time that the other three were going to, or the two above that were going to hit. But they fucking did. And that just makes it sting even more now, looking back in hindsight. But he, sh- he should have won that. And if he won that, I'd be buying people steaks. No, I, I'd be using that money for my own self. <laughs> I'm not that kind. All right, let's let's wrap it up with the NYY NYK MMA question of the day, and that'll be that. Let's get to it. It's time. All right. So, for this episode, episode 405, our NYY, NYK MMA question of the day is... Hamzat Shemaev has had six fights in the UFC. How many have went beyond the first round? Now, the hint to this question is... I said it at least twice in this exact episode, so I kind of blew it. But try not to cheat and just try to remember... Hamza Shemaev has had six fights in the UFC. How many have went beyond the first round? So let me know the answer wherever you can reach me. If you get it correct, I'll give you a shout-out in the next episode. If you get it wrong, but you at least attempt to guess the answer, I'll let you know what the answer is in the next next episode. But one last time, Hamza Shemaev has had six fights in the UFC. How many have went beyond the first round? And again... Your hint is that I've said it at least twice during this episode. But that's it. That's all I've got for this one, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in. Episode 405. 405 is in the books. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. Thank you for tuning in to BD4. Hope you enjoyed this episode of the podcast. Be sure to subscribe, follow, download, share it with your friends on social media, and all that stuff. And I will see you in the next episode. That's it for this one, guys. Thanks. Ciao. This episode was brought to you by Anchor.